Hello, welcome to another episode of Bro 3 Podcast for June 23rd, 2022. And how are you doing, fam? I say, how are you doing? Are you out there living your best life? Well, I hope you are. And if you're not, today will be the perfect day to start. All right. Now, where do I begin? All right. First things first. I've been up for a very long time. I did uh, 12 hours last night. Um, so this one might be all over the place, but there were some things I wanted to talk about. So this is me talking about them. And plus, I read somewhere uh, on the internet that they were saying to boost your listenership, uh, maybe do an ASMR episode. Now, ASMR it's like auditory, sensory, something. I don't know. But basically, you're talking real smooth, dulcet tones. To Some people can go to sleep to it. Or you can just be a mellow, soothing thing in the background. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you know that's not really my style. So, I've been up all night. And I'm going to try to talk really cool. But at the same time, I get excited talking to y'all. It just is what it is. So, let's see. Uh, I wanted to talk about, which I am. I am going to talk about. Um, Father's Day was Sunday. Father's Day was Sunday. And Juneteenth was Sunday as well. Now, this right here speaks to what I... I've always said there was a bias between Mother's Day and Father's Day. Because for Mother's Day, you go all out, you know. I always love my mama, all that good stuff, you know. Moms, you love your moms. And dad, you know, he's just some guy, some guy in the house, you know. He leaves out for eight hours, he comes back, hopefully, you know. But moms, moms is the the, the piece de resistance, you dig what I'm saying? Like, Mother's Day has never had to share uh share a day with any other day that just does not happen you know like you see on tv on on the internet they tell you hey don't forget mom's day is coming up you know ain't nobody gonna love you like your mama all that good good man i didn't even know father's day was coming you know and then on top of that father's day gotta share it with juneteenth yeah being a dad sometimes can be like you could be hungry, right? And you come in the house. It's, it's dealing with disappointment is what it is. Like you come in the house, you're ready to eat, and you look in there, the kids ain't cleaned up, you know. Your woman's talking about something or other, something's going wrong, so you got to fix that. Or you don't, one or two, you tell her you're going to fix it, but you might not fix it. And then you go in there, you've been thinking about this, what, piece of pizza or something, and it's your pizza. Everybody knows dad's pizza. You go in there, somebody didn't, if you're lucky, they took a couple bites out of it. But if you ain't lucky, it's just gone. And guess what? You just, you shrug it off, you keep on stepping, you know? That just is what it is. But I saw, now they got this thing. <laughs> they got these things called Hoochie Daddy shorts, right? So, Hoochie Daddy shorts is, uh, they look like the shorts from the 1980s. I guess the ladies say, they, they're like four inch seam, you know, you're showing all your thigh meat and whatnot. 
Man, the brothers, you know, it's older cats, you know, 40s and up. Them ain't nothing but the old basketball shorts from the NBA. You know, they used to show all the thigh meat. But now, you know, everything is retro. It comes back around. So now they hoochie daddy shorts. My thing is, how are you going to talk to, like, I am somebody's father. You're not going to talk to me like that because real talk, I'm wearing the shorts because I got to do some lawn work. You know, I'm wearing high socks, you know. And then some woman cat calling me. Ooh, looking mighty fine in your hoochie daddy short. Excuse me, ma'am. Respect me, you know. But then, you know, I was thinking a couple years ago, um, they had grown men trying to wear rompers. Now, rompers is for the people who don't know. It's like a one. It's like a onesie, I guess. It's uh, women wear them. I think they call rompers for women too. But it's like. They like shorts and a short sleeve shirt, but it's all one. And then you, it, it snaps. Like you, you, you nestle yourself in the inside of it and you pull it up. It's almost like a jumpsuit, but ain't no, ain't, ain't no short, ain't no leg. What do you call it? Pants. <laughs> I mean, not what you call it, but what do you call the leg of a pants? Legs of the pants. I was trying to think of sleeves. Sleeves for your legs. There's no leg for you. There's no legs for your legs. And then it's also short sleeve, short sleeve. You trying to be, you trying to be out there. You advertising basically. And they was trying to tell people, oh, this is the wave of the future rompers, dude. You know when you, when you, when you got used to the bathroom, right? You got to pull this whole thing down, so you got to shimmy up out of it, like you some kind of slutty prom date or something, you know? And what if you got to do a number two, drop account Dooku is what we say in my family. What if you got to drop account Dooku? You know, you got to pull this thing all the way down, shimmy it past your hips. You agree somebody's daddy, man. Act accordingly, you know. And then I, I saw they, they've been trying to do this for like 30, 40, 50 years, probably longer than that. They got these things. They try to change them. It's a purse, but they call them mercies, man purses. You know, and that's, hey, if you got a lot of stuff to carry, that's what you do. I ain't, I ain't stanking on you. I ain't trying to change your mind about nothing. Only thing I'm saying is this. Imagine you sitting out there with your romper on and you got your merce on your hip. But you cool, you know, you slender, you, you know, you look, you look the part, you like you be in it, right? And then some dude, some gangster, run up on you like, hey, cuz, run me the purse. And you like, sir, look, this ain't what you want. I'm a whole certified gangster. Don't let this romper fool you. I gets busy, right? And his partner come up behind you and grab your merch. So now you hold on to the strap of your merch like a like a like a damsel in distress in 1980s. Huh? Let go of my merch. I ain't playing with you, dog. Let go of my merch. No, you let go. For real, you gonna pull the strap, cause let it go. Hey man, get your life together. You know, but this is <laughs> this is what we this is what we do, man. This is the life we live in, right? And that's fine. I mean, you know, it's strange times. It's strange times. Thinking about, I ain't gonna talk to dad, you know, getting dressed and stuff. I went, right? So I got a wedding thing coming up. Right? I told y'all I'm gonna be the best man in this wedding, right? So I had to go get measured, you know? So I goes up to the place. Where they gonna take my measurements? They gonna have me looking super fly, dog. Like you ain't even, you ain't even seen super fly till you seen what how I'ma come up in there, bam, bust up in the joint, right? So I goes up in there. I'm a little self-conscious. I gained about 20 pounds. Everybody say, oh, the weight look good on you. 
that's just something people say because you notice the weight and what you gonna say like yeah you got fat like i don't i don't never bring up people's you know body shapes but everybody oh yeah because you was too thin before oh okay and then when I was fat, everybody was like, thank God you lost that weight because you was a heavy boy. Like, look, stop. <laughs> stop body shaming me, right? So I goes up to the place to get fitted for my tux. Now, the brother, he uh, he, he got the little measuring tape, so he measured my shoulders. He's like, 44. I'm like, yeah, that's what's up. Because, you know, I got, I'm a, I'm a big dude. I'm a tall dude. So I got broad shoulders. I'm like, okay, that sounds about right. Then he puts the little, the little, uh, the little measuring tape around my waist. He say waist 38 because he got somebody writing down the measurements as he say it. I'm like, okay, that's a little thicker than what I'm used to being, you know, but 38, I ain't been 38 in a good little minute, but I'm like, okay, that's not bad. 44, 38. And then he gonna take the measuring tape and put it around my hips, my waist, not my waist, but my hips. <laughs> hips don't lie, right? I didn't really like the way you know, he just he whipped it around. You know, it just, it just I like my personal space, right? He gonna say hips, hmm, forty three. So now I'm sitting here like, wait a minute, forty four, thirty eight, forty three. I'm like way thick in the game. <laughs> I'm over here killing them, right? I mean, I ain't like it, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, so I mean, a little thick. You know, thought about that uh, this old song by. Uh, who was that? Sir Mix a lot, baby got back. Talking about 36, 24, 36. Only she 5'3. Right? Whatever. So I go and they making me up a ticket. That way they can make my reservations. That way my my suit, my tux will be ready on the day in question, right? So the young man, he trying to put my little information in the computer. Right? He ain't quite doing it right. But as a heavy set white guy, uh, he looks really out of shape. It's a big and tall store, so it's all kind of misshaping people in this place, right? So big heavy said, dude, he looked like the quintessential guy in the seat, you know, in the seat. Like when you're watching a movie and they're hacking the Pentagon or something, and there's always a guy in the van. He's antisocial. He's fat. He lives in the basement. You know the stereotypes. He's got the carpal tunnel um, uh, wrist protectors or something, right? So... The young man's like, I can't put his information in the computer. But this guy swoops around. He's looking all sweaty and stuff. He starts tickety-tack-tickety-tack on the keyboard, right? So he's like, okay, here's the problem right here. You got it. I'm sorry. Let's do the work. Here's the problem right here. You got to put his information in the computer. Right? So then he took the tag. He's like, oh, I can't get through the firewall. I can't make it do what it do, right? And then this woman, I ain't going to say she's a Karen, but she gives off that vibe, right? She stands over him, like she looking over him, whatever. And Heavy said, dude, he getting frustrated. Why can't I get the discount going on, right? So then the woman say, oh, well, you got to put the information in this box. If you don't put the information in this box, then it's not going to say. And he was like, I did that already, Marcy. And then she... <laughs> so then she gets on the other computer, right? So now they dueling computers, and I'm just sitting here watching this whole exchange. Well, the woman, she, she took the tap, took the tap, and then she hit the space bar, like, with that, with that finality, like, clack. And she was like, see, it's done. And he was like, well, Marcy, I tried to do this, that, that. And Marcy, this is why I say she got Karen vibes now, because she a white woman, you know, in a big and tall men's store. She was like, I have 18 years of tuxedo management, Dion, 
don't tell me how to do my job. And then I walked away at that point. And then the only thing I heard was them, I'm like, well, I wasn't married, Marcy. I was just trying to say. I was like, as I walked, I was like, dude, there's no such thing as tuxedo management. Like, what is that? Like, it, I mean, it sounded good because you said it with authority. But I think she made up those credentials. So there's that, right? So, oh, and also, just FYI, right? If you wear a tux or it's a suit of any type, you know, you you see the, what, the, the John, not John, Bond, James Bond. You see the James Bond movies, right? He whooping people in tuxedos. I'm telling you, man, that's a fallacy. I'm, I'm seeing John Wick, which <laughs> if you 44, 38, 43, you John Thick. <laughs> you know, just out there wearing your little rompers and whatever. But and when I watch those movies, and you see people whooping people in tux. I'm telling you right now, that's a fallacy. That is Hollywood. You can't, have you tried, like, just drop something on the floor wearing some church pants that fit, and you bend down. You try, try to drop it and pick it up real quick. Now, imagine you're trying to run on a train or, or stop some international spot. It ain't going to happen. You're going to change out them clothes. That's all I'm saying. And plus, to be completely honest with you, I've been wearing a lot of suits lately. You know, I'm just out there stepping my game up. I'm out here loving me. But you put a tie on, and I, I don't like ties. Because real talk, if somebody grab a part, you got a noose hanging around your neck. You got a silky noose hanging around your neck. And maybe that's me being institutionalized. But somebody grab one of them strings, one of the, one of the little fabric-y parts. I don't know what you call them. I'm pretty sure brother number two does. They yanked that dude. You losing the fight off the top. So James Bond could be as cool as he want to, but if he wasn't the time, the Russian spy with one eye is going to grab it and choke him out. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. You can't convince me no different. All right. Um, I, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll take a, <laughs> I, 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 um, I'm sorry, that was, uh, what was that? Crazy Train, or it could be Trick Daddy. Boom, 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 boom. I, I, I. I digress. I will take uh, words of wisdom from anybody, especially if you're older than me. You know, don't necessarily make I utilize it, but I will listen because older people, they've been through it. You know, better or worse, they've come out the other side. So that's something worth listening to. You know, you do what the information, what you will. So I'm at my job, right? I'm sorry, my career. <laughs> I have a career. So I'm at my uh, career, <laughs> job, but the career, but you get it, right? I'm at my job and I'm in, I'm in a vehicle with another person. I'm in the passenger side. He's in the driver's side. He's showing me the tricks of the trade. Oh man, it's nothing to a youngster. Even though I don't feel like a youngster. I got more gray hair than he does, but whatever. Ah, oh, man, there's nothing to a youngster, man. I'm going to tell you, man, this life right here, this is a good life right here. And I'm listening. I'm sitting up. I'm giving him my attention because that's what you do. He might drop a jewel on me, you know, so my ears are open. He's got my, he's got my undivided attention because he has experience. And this is something I'm trying to gain, right? And my man, he just, he, he doing that thing that old wise black people do 
you know, they talking to you and they dropping jewels, but they ain't looking at you. They just scanning the road, you know, and every now and then they might look at you, but at the same time, it's just, it's dropping off of them, right? He's like a wise, less cursy uh, Samuel Jackson, right? So he talked to me like, oh yeah, youngster, you know, this this a good life right here. It's a good life. Uh, you know, you're going to see some things, but you know, you got to move past that. You know what I'm saying? You got to, you got to be on your on your guard and always but you know overall it's a good life and i'm like yeah that sounds good that's something i can apply to my life right and then he said yeah man you know um sometimes obstacles gonna come in your life but you know them obstacles them obstacles they they, they only there for a little bit and as soon as he said that my whole i had i was like i was sitting up like I started slumping because he said it twice. I thought maybe it was just sometimes we start talking, you know, sometimes a word to get away from me. He'd be like, yeah, man, just keep your eyes out from obstacles because sometimes obstacles are jumping your way. You got to be able to navigate past it. As soon as he said that, I don't care if he would have told me uh, the secret to uh, immortality. Once you say obstacles, that let me know that people in your life don't care about you. You you older than me, so you 42 plus years. And people to let you go through your the word is obstacles. It should have came out like, young man, sometimes obstacles come in your way. You said obstacles. Like popsicles, but with the obstacle in front of it. I, I, yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you could be wearing a helmet riding a short bus, bro. Like, you can't... You mean all the trials, tribulations, and obstacles that jumped in your way? You didn't dodge them. Apparently, you got a little bit of brain damage. I mean, <laughs> I had to force myself to sit back up and listen, but obstacles, that just... Nah, bro. <laughs> nah, not on my watch. I can't do it. All right. Um, what else? Um. Hmm. Man. Uh. What? Oh. 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 This. Uh, <laughs> fun fact, which I didn't know. Uh. Apparently, June is also. Um. What is it? It's Gay Pride Month. And. Yo. I got no problem with nobody's orientation, sexual, otherwise. You know, just be good to people. You know, do unto others. That's it. That's all. Period, point blank. Real talk, your sexuality is your business. Only person needs to know that is whoever you're trying to hit on. You know, you you out there with your hoochie daddy shorts and your rompers and somebody smack your little tookie and you go, and you turn around and subdue you be like, hey, bro, like, sorry, I didn't know. No harm, no foul. Even though you shouldn't put your hands on people, it is what it is, right? So there's so many things that happen. I don't know what's a joke and what's not. So, I saw on the internet, um, BK, uh, Burger King for those youngsters, Burger King, allegedly, like in honor of gay pride, Burger King was, you could order a sandwich, allegedly, you could order a sandwich, just a regular sandwich, (laughs) a regular sandwich, but in honor of Gay Pride Month, you could either order it with two tops and two bottoms. That's the, that's allegedly, right? Two top buns or two bottom buns. The choice is yours, whatever you... To me, that seems like pandering, right? That don't really help 
gay pride at all. It's a sandwich. I don't need to. I don't need your rhetoric while I'm trying to eat a BK McDouble. I don't want somebody saying, ooh, you got two buns. Spicy. You know, like, I don't need that, right? With my rompers. I can't spill nothing on my romper because to wash it off, I got to take the whole thing off, right? And you got to avoid them obstacles at all costs, right? So someone told me this, and I was like, there's no way this is true. Like, if you, as a giant corporation, you want to help a young gay person out, what? Start a mentoring program. You know, that's just off the top of my head. You, uh, you, changing your logo to a rainbow for a month, that don't, that don't really, it's not doing anything as far as I'm concerned, right? So, I was, I was bored. So, I got in my car and I'm driving and I see a Burger King. I'm like, you know what, I got to, I got to, it sounds too ridiculous that this is what a corporation of highly paid executives came up with two tops two bottoms i can't i just it don't register in my brain so i goes to i get on the drive-thru right so um i'm waiting for them to say welcome to bird king how may i help you do they even have a slogan anymore was it home of the big mac no flame bro okay whatever so i pull up right and i'm waiting in front of the little box i'm sitting there waiting 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 i don't hear anything so i see a young man who works at burger king he's coming out he's taking out trash young black guy you know maybe early 20s whatever you got a smile on his face he looks happy to be gangfully employed so he's dragging the box out so like he sees me and he kind of gives me the nod you know hey what's going on he dragged a little box i say hey what's going on no i threw him i chucked him the deuce i helped the peace sign and i'm about to pull off because you know i the young man say, hey, I'll make your food in a minute. I'm the only person working right now. So he's dragging his boxes back to the, you know, to the, to the dumpster or whatever. And I didn't want anything, but then I pulled up. I say, excuse me, young man, because <laughs> I know you get old. I say, excuse me, young man. He like, huh? I say, uh, yo, man, is it true that, uh, and I didn't mean to say it like this, but this is how it came out because I didn't really know how to explain it. I say, is it true y'all making gay burgers back there? <laughs> and he looked at me like, huh? Like, he knew what I was talking about, but he didn't want to, like, you know, he don't want to say making gay burgers. I mean, it's not really a gay burger. It's just whatever. <clears throat> so I say, yo, is it true, like, if I order a burger, like, you can make it with two tops and two bottoms? And he kind of, like, looked at me like, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we doing that. I say, okay, cool. I was just, I was just curious, you know. And he was, he was like, do you want to order something? I said, no, I'm cool. I, I just, I was just curious. I, and I, I pulled up. I, I don't even know what the buns got to do with, with sexual orientation. I mean, I just. I don't know. I, it just what I mean because you know you're gonna have the Christian, uh, the those really radical Christians gonna be like that is not the way God intended burgers to be made. He meant it to be a top and a bottom, not a top to top and bottom to bottom. Them is nasty. They they that's not the way God intended burgers to be made. And everyone know God loves a burger. He loves a delicious flame broiled whopper, but not that abomination with the two bottom buns on top of each other snuggled up. 
with the all beef pickles, lettuce, and cheese. It makes me sick just thinking about it. You know, my thing is, no one, <laughs> there's certain things. I, I don't know if this is how foolish this whole bread is to celebrate gay pride. Like, if I brought you a sandwich, right, and I knew you was gay, right? I know your sexual orientation. Don't ask me how, but I just do. And in honor of your gayness, I brought you a sandwich, but I used the two booty pieces of the bread. You look at me like I'm crazy. Like, why why are you serving me booty bread? And I'd be like, well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. And you you be generally perplexed. Like, no. What, are you poor? And I'd be like, <laughs> no. <laughs> because of the gay. <laughs> like, that's... It's, it's patronizing. I didn't say patronizing. I said patronizing because I'm fancy like that. God does not intend for the two booty pieces of bread of white bread to touch each other. It's a sin and it's an abomination. Ooh, is that an eggplant sandwich? <laughs> not eggplant, egg salad. Oh, Jesus. Oh, well. thing more patronizing than BK's top bun, bottom bun debacle is if Arby's changed their logo to like a rainbow and kept the same slogan, we have the meats. And they have, mm, girl, we got the meats. Like, <laughs> to me, it's like, that's offensive. Well, so is the, eh, whatever. Um, You know, Juneteenth uh, passed not too long ago, obviously. And uh, I guess Walmart, they came out with like a red velvet cake, uh, red velvet cake ice cream. And then they pulled it off the shelf, I guess, because it was racially insensitive or basically, basically not, hmm, maybe it was an inappropriate uh, product placement, you know? But I know a couple people <laughs> who really wanted to try that ice cream. I think it wasn't their... I, I mean, some people believe it wasn't their place. I, To me, it seems like most of us, white and black, actually all of... Most people are enslaved financially, right? A little heavy, right? But I'm just... That's what I'm saying. It seemed like you're corporate overlords our corporate overlords are trying to like pretend like they're celebrating your emancipation from one form of slavery into a financial form of slavery but that's just me you know hey in honor of your freedom walmart is giving you freedom ice cream even though you owe you know all this money to walmart and even though walmart uh, has scrupulous business practices and treating people inhumanely in other countries, but hey, let's squeeze another dollar out of people by feeding them ice cream. You know, you got diabetes anyway, baby. Why don't you celebrate your freedom in style? You know, but I mean, they also gave us pill, uh, you know, sweet potato pies, you know. And people, you know, beating each up each other up over, you know, Popeye's chicken sandwiches. So who am I? Like, where does it end? I don't know. Imagine you was in jail for 
you know, back in 2018, you know, you didn't hurt somebody over a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Three years later, you got a 10 year bit over a chicken sandwich. <laughs> Love that chicken from Popeye's. All right. I did tell y'all I was up for 12 hours plus. So, um, yo, where has Kamala Harris been? I know I'm jumping. But this is this to me feeds into the 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 mama day daddy day type situation Father's Day Mother's Day right because I knew a lot of people who were really gassed that Kamala Harris Kamala Harris is the president and I was telling my daughter right you do not get gassed because of someone's sexual orientation or their gender it's I mean having the first gay president is cool. I want to know what your stance is. I don't care about your genitals. I don't care about what who what what, what floats your boat, you know. And I remember everybody had some shirts on, you know. Hey, we got the first black pre- uh, VP, and you know, what I'm saying it was like, yo, it was first female, and they, people was wearing shirts. Let's get some straightening on, or you know, Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm, that's right, girlfriend. All that good, good. I'm gonna tell you, up until like two weeks ago, I forgot who the vice president was, to be completely honest with you. And that's not a knock on her, but at the same time, it kind of is. Because when you make a big deal, <laughs> I feel like there's that Washington right now. See, what I want to know, when you make a big deal, when you see that blue magic, that's a logo. That's that's right there. That's my guarantee. When you get this, whatever. When you make a big deal about something, people expect you to, to deliver, right? So... It feels like Kamala Harris, not knocking her, just saying from what I've seen, you ever like get a job that you're not qualified for? <laughs> like, I just imagine people knocking on her door in the White House, on her office door, and she under the desk. And they were like, you know, Madam Vice President, we need your, we need your expertise on this war in Russia. And I can see her like, mm-mm, mm-mm, talk to Joe, talk to Joe. Like, I just see her not, you know, I can see, like, when she walked down the hallway and they see her coming out of the office, they'd be like, hey, uh, Madam President, Madam President. I see her turn, turn back around, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> not today. Not today, Satan. Like, dude, what do you, I just want you to actually do your job or something. Like, whenever you make a big deal about something, you better show up and show out. Otherwise, you, t- you walk softly, carry a big stick. That's just it what it is. Did y'all see the president? Uh, was he like the 46th president? Did you see the 46th president of the United States riding his bike like a toddler and coming to a stop and falling off? Like, I saw the video. That's the worst thing about like this new day and age. Like when stuff happens, you see the video. And I, <laughs> he came to a stop. <laughs> and he just tilted over. It wasn't no wind or nothing. It was... He had a helmet on and stuff. If you, look, if you 70-something years old, right, I'm your secret agent. Dude, we ain't riding on bikes. You're going to sit yourself down. You're going to sit in the corner somewhere, right? You ain't, look, go into your merce, get your piece of hard candy, sit down somewhere. You're doing too much. I, I just, like, it reminded me when Zion learned how to ride a bike, right? When she learned how to ride a bike, you try to teach him how to stop also, but it's kind of hard because they don't have the going part yet. Well, 
Zion got to go and she was riding, she was happy, like, yeah, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm so proud of you, I'm so proud of you. And she was riding circles and she was like, how do I stop? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I mean, you can press back on the brakes. She wasn't understanding that. And then eventually she got tired of riding and she was like, she, she's like plowing to a tree. <laughs> and like for like three weeks, that's how she stopped. And I had to tell her like, look, you really, need to learn how to stop without doing it. She's like, but I'm okay. And then she got to the point where she would jump off the bike, but whatever. Just to see the president of the United States, some dude who can like send nuclear missiles and stuff to like fall the stop sign. It was like, oh, Jesus. Just, and where was Kamala at? She's supposed to have been there, picked him up. Like, what's wrong, baby? Oh, you fell off your bike. She was supposed to be that. She's supposed to have been the America's motherly figure and she dropped the ball. Man, I digress. Um, I uh, what? I don't want. I don't want to transition. Um, I uh, let's see. I, I have this thought, but I don't know how to articulate it. So I guess I'll just do it here. I notice that a lot of people want to be one of white people not not being racial but I gotta put a, a racial a, 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 a race to it some white people really want to be Sandra Bullock from the blind side it's not necessarily a bad thing you know they want to think they want to believe that they will stand up for you know for another person's rights of another race which is not a bad again not a bad thing at all right so <clears throat> Over the last year or so, I've had multiple positions and stuff. I'm climbing up my ranks. It's really, it's really exciting, right? But every time I go to a new place, I keep getting these same like people keep giving me like these speeches, right? Um, most of the places I work is nothing but white people, you know, for the most part, and they always like somebody in charge, when I higher up. I always pull me to the side and say, look, if you, and they kind of say in the hushed tones, right? Or maybe it's just in their office. They'll say, look, Tony, if you have any problems, you let me know. I'm like, okay, thank you. And they're like, no, no, no. I don't think you understand because I don't play that. Like if anybody give you a hard time, you, they out of it. Don't, don't, you ain't got to worry. I will not tolerate that on, on my watch. I say, it's fine. I, I can handle myself, but I appreciate it because I do. I appreciate it. You're showing me that you would take actions if something whatever right but this is where it gets a little tricky right i used in my previous career i i dealt with dangerous people i dealt with dangerous situations like i didn't need nobody holding my hand i was the only black corrections officer in all white town and i dealt with a lot of people you know i dealt with people looking at life and behind bars you know i i, I dealt with um I dealt with racist, like, you know, like, and I ain't talk about the racist people that say there's kind of a lot of Mexicans in this bar. Like, no, I mean, like, Bonafide died in the wool, went to prison, came back out, still living that life. Racist. They had, like, swastikas and stuff tattooed on their face. Like, these was real dudes, right? So, everybody wanted to be Sandra Bullock, but okay, cool, right? So, whenever you have a tattoo, right, typically, it says something about you. 
maybe where you were at a certain point in your life, point in your life, you know, I'm not going to judge you, but I am going to take heed because there's a lot of things that you like, but you don't commit it to in your skin, right? Once you put something in your skin, I mean, at some point you felt that you felt it deep enough that you want anybody who ran across you to see it, to understand and recognize, right? So there was this brother, uh, white guy. He was a, uh, what was he? Uh, I think it was a Saxon Knight. So when you think of Saxon Knight, just think of just neo-Nazi. But they, they all got different rules. But let's just, he was a Saxon Knight, right? Um, when I met the brother, he, he like he had a chip on his shoulder, right? But again, if you don't speak on it, I ain't going to speak on it. That's your body, them your tattoos, right? So one day he pulled me to the side. like, look, bro, uh, I just want to let you know, you know, I got these tattoos, but I ain't, I ain't built like that. I'm still looking at them. I'm like, hey, man, it's whatever, man. I ain't tripping on it, man. You ain't, you, you show me respect. I show you respect. It is what it is. He's like, no, nah, but I just want you to know, you know, that this ain't that. I said, all right, cool, man. I, you know, it's whatever, man. I, I ain't lose no sleep over that. That's your body. It is what it is, right? Been to prison multiple times, you know. You get it how you live, whatever. So the brother became a trustee, right? Trustee is... Uh, in the jail, like they get to do certain things. Basically, they make it easier. Like, so they do laundry, they cook food, you know, they work in the kitchen, you know, stuff like that, right? You get, they get a little bit of extra because they do a little extra. It's just not just a person in jail. Like they got responsibilities to get up at five o'clock in the morning, you know, and make sure breakfast is cooked. Well, actually, they get up earlier than that, but still, right? So I come to work one day, right? As soon as I walk in the door, I get a call, like, yo, Tony, go to the kitchen. All right, cool. I don't know what's going on. Liver just came up in here, set my lunch down. But I made my way to the kitchen, right? So I see, uh, I see Mr. Saxon Knight. He's in there, he's walking around, he ain't got no shirt on. I see three other inmates standing like against the wall, I see one officer. So, okay, I'm assessing the situation. Okay, cool. Now, the officer is trying to trying to coerce the Saxon Knight to come over and get handcuffed, right? So my thing is this. If I come up in a situation, anybody's got a party situation, then we're gonna deal with them. Anybody who don't need to get the hell up out of here. You dig what I'm saying? So I'm sitting there, I see the officer talking, they we in the kitchen, right? So there's a whole bunch of stuff around. Uh, trays and all kind of stuff and you know knives all kind of stuff butcher knives and all kind of stuff right so I take the situation in real quick the officer's talking to the Saxon Knight and the Saxon Knight like no nah, man I ain't going I ain't going basically I ain't going mean like you got like, what you what you telling me is I, I'm not accepting that whatever you saying I ain't accept that skip that right you gotta come get it come get it me you gotta come get me basically you got I ain't I ain't turn around cuffing up you're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to put them cuffs on me. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, say less, right? So I'm sitting there looking at the situation. I see these other three guys just standing there. They just, you know, you try to like look like you're not involved in something. So they <laughs> looking at the ceiling, picking at their fingernails. Like, I'm like, all right, cool. Skip this. I'm like, yo, uh, you three. Yo, let's, let's go secure y'all, right? To secure them. While I'm walking in the hallway, we got these little speakers in the hallway. Somebody said, yo, bag up's coming. 
right? We got road officers coming. Okay, cool. So I put them, them three guys away. I go back in the kitchen. Now, Saxon Knight then took his shirt off and all his little swastikas and stuff. They showing, they're not swastikas, but I'm just using that as an example so you understand what's going on. All his, you know, swastikas and stuff is on. He, and he walk around the kitchen, you know, saying he's sweating. Like he turning red, you can see him sweating, right? He walk around like, no, I ain't going. You have to call everybody, come get me. And I don't do a whole lot of rapping. So I'm like, look, uh, Saxon Knight, you gonna turn around and cuff up or what? He was like, nah, man. Okay, cool. As far as I'm concerned, say less, right? So my man, he's kind of doing that thing where there's a big metal table in between us. So he runs into like there's a closet in the kitchen. Now, the thing is, we know what's supposed to be in there, but I don't know what you're running for because you really you're making a move. Like, you know, so my man goes in the closet and he swoops right back. I mean, literally like, Yo, he runs up in there, grab me, come back out. Only thing I see is something big and metal, right? It looks like a meat cleaver, right? So before I run up on him, I grab my taser because, you know, we in the jail. So we don't have, a, we ain't got, I ain't got that bang bang on me, right? So I whip up my taser and as soon as I whip it up, he stops. At this point, I get to see what he's looking because he was like, no, nah, man, I ain't going. I ain't going. He takes it, runs straight to the kitchen. I'm like, yo, Moe, um, Hey, Sax Knight, don't make me come up in there. You know, don't make me chase you. And he, like, as soon as he, he grabs something right by the door, like he was ready for that action, right? So he turns back around. I whip out my taser. I got to aim right his chest. And he was like, man, I'm tired. And so he started like kind of moving whatever he had. I happen to see it's, just, it's a big spatula. The thing is, before I hit him with that taser, I have to be cognizant of everything around him, right? Because if I hit him with that taser, he's going to hopefully... He gonna tense up, he gonna fall left, right, back, forward. He gonna hit the ground. Hopefully, if it works. Well, if he falls to the left, he gonna bust his head on this big washing machine. If he falls to the right, he gonna bust his head on this sink. If he falls straight back, he gonna bust his head on this uh, this um, this big cement wall, center block wall. Now, I know everything I do is being videotaped. And it probably is probably also being audio recorded. So once he stopped, you know, I kind of lowered it, but not enough. To, it was at the ready position, right? So he stops. He turns away. Man, I'm tired of y'all. He throws it. He throws the the spatula. I'm like, all right, cool. Now turn around so we can cuff you up. No, I ain't going. F this, F that. Woo, up the bam, right? Okay, cool. Well, at this time, we got like, let's see, let's say it's like nine of us, right? It's nine officers up in there. Now he got himself cornered up in this little wall, but he ain't coming no closer. And everybody talking to him. Yo, Saxon Knight, man, turn around, cuff up, man. You're making it worse than what it is. But what it was is he had made some homemade hooch. Hooch is prison wine, right? He ain't got he got him a little buzz. And I guess the officer that was there initially knew he was drunk. So look, come on, turn around, cuff up, put you in a drunk tank. You know, you might get some more charged, you might not. Well, my man, he was looking to be going to prison anyway. So he like, skip that. Come get it. How you live? I'm like, I ain't cool. So I got my taser still going, still held at the ready. So he keeps kind of rushing back and rushing forward. He drunk, right? And now it's like nine officers there. They talking to him. Come on, Saxon Knight, man. Just turn around, cuff up, man, please. And officers that got good reports with him, they trying to talk to him, right? Like, look, man, don't look at them. Look at me. Don't look at them. Look at me. The whole time he's staring me in the eyes. He walking back and forth, pacing like a line in the cage, right? Now as he moved, 
I'm moving that taser right along with him. Like I'm over here doing slow rock, you know, rock steady. You dig what I'm saying? And he keep looking at me. Everybody talking to him. I ain't said nothing. Cause I don't do all that talking. I don't do all that woofing. Plus all these other officers are talking. Ain't got nothing to do with me, right? So then he stopped. He's like, I know you want to shoot me. I know you want to shoot me. I'm like, man, look, I'm just pretty much trying to know him, but like this goes on for like 20 minutes. Like, man, I know you won't shoot me because you hate what I represent. You hate what I stand for. You hate what's on my chest. He ain't talking to nobody but me, right? So anyway, he moving back and forth. I'm waving this thing back and forth. And at this time, I'm tired. I'm like, three, four other officers come up. They got their taser on. So I take my glass off. I'm like, look, y'all. Because <laughs> like, we ain't getting nowhere, right? Take my glass off. I hand the one of the officers. I take my cuffs off. I'm like, uh, look, Saxon, I'm about to come over there and cuff you, dog. And uh, whatever happened, happened. And he like, man, don't come over here. Don't come over here. I start walking over there. Like, dude, you ain't said nothing. You told me to come get it. Come get it how I live. All right, cool. I'm coming to get that. No no rap, right? So then all the other officers like, no, no, Tony, don't go over there. Don't go, don't go over there. I'm like, okay, cool. So I back back up. I'm like, man, this. I'm getting tired, man. My arms have been up for like 10, 15. Like, something's got to give, right? So he was like, yeah, because you always hated me. You always hated me. Shut up. Just shut up, right? So anyway, lost, uh, you know, some point we were sitting there, you know, three guys with tasers on him. And at some point, man, you know, maybe he got, hey, maybe he got tased. Uh, you know, he definitely got tased. <laughs> he definitely got tased. And the thing about tasers, if it hits you right, it locks up. It, it's, uh, was it NMI neuromuscular interference? Man, my man locked up like a surfboard. And when I say wipe out, like, yeah, he went down, his head bounced off the wall. <laughs> they were leaking like a watermelon, right? So they would turn around, cuff him up, whatever, ambulance on their way. The whole time, this boy leaking like a false. He looking at me like, Tony, you shot me. <laughs> you shot me, you dirty somebody, right? We get him to the ambulance, he comes back, and still he ain't have he ain't have no beef with nobody else but me. Tony, I can't believe you shot me. Dude, quiet as kept, man. I ain't the only person that put one up in you, dog. You kept asking me. You wanted that smoke, right? So, and then from that, like that my that was just a, a day. Something that happened in my day. So when I come to my job, right, my new career, and someone was like, if someone's mean to you, you let me know. And I'll take care of it. I think I got it. I appreciate the sentiment, but I think I got it. All right, now it's time for the BTP news. Now, for the uninitiated or first time listeners, the premise is real simple. I find a headline that I think is humorous in some way, right? I don't read the article, but what I do is I present the headline to you. And then through the power of imagination, we try to figure out what happened. And then we read the article and see how close or far we were. All right. Our first story. All right. Oh, let's see. Um... Okay, um, this is in quotes here. How to kill your husband, end quote, writer convicted of murdering husband. Okay, um, 
let's see. Um, I mean, this right here just it, it oozes with irony, right? This woman wrote a book about how to kill her husband, and she's convicted of murdering her husband. Like that right there is kind of a it seems kind of premeditated, right? Like that's an open and shut case, right? So I never read this book, right? But I kind of want to read it now. <laughs> I don't know if that's morbid, but I want to see if there's any parallels between the things that the character complained about and the guy, her actual husband, right? Because I could just see her writing a book and just the character, quote unquote, using air quotes there, she's upset because the husband, using air quotes there, went to sleep without changing the dishwasher or he went to sleep or he, no he's inconsiderate like something tells me like in the book she has to make the the female protagonist quote unquote she has to be like like women have to what's the word when you kind of uh they gotta see themselves they gotta be able to insert themselves into this woman hopeless relationship and you know and then from there, you know, she has to realize that, that what the guy's got to be abusive, right? Like she can't just leave him. Like she can't just become the, she can't spread her wings and be her true potential because this oppressive male figure is her only lifeline. Oh, gobbledygook. But, um, let's see. I just okay I'm thinking about the guy right like because this is how oblivious we as men are right imagine your wife right she's sitting there and she's writing the book like every day you go by the room and you know us man we got a sandwich with two pieces of booty bread we're like mm, mm, hey buddy what you doing she like nothing just just writing uh, okay baby give her a kiss on her head I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a great book right so she typing, she she ain't come to bed, you know, he come to the house, I mean, he, he wake up, she's still, she got a cup of coffee, she got a little laptop, she tickety-tack, 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 the whole time, right, he come and peep in the room, like, hey, baby, what you, what, what you doing? She like, nothing, I'm just, you know, I, I gotta get this out, I got this, I got this, I think it's gonna be a real good book, and you know what men do, we just kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, uh, love you, babe, <laughs> right? And he goes and he goes play golf or he drinks with the guys and he calls and she she is just obsessed with writing this book right she's really giving it all, her all in all he come in the house besides all that he just wasn't paying attention when she ain't uh when she ain't writing she got a notepad and she's over here taking notes uh watching those shows the shows when the women kill the husband right and she's like oh, okay so you can't do it like this you got this but you know my character gonna do it like this the guy, he ain't paying no attention, right? He just sitting there nodding off in his lazy boy chair, right? Okay, cool. So now she finishes the book. He said, "Hey, babe, uh, you, uh, you know, you seem to be really in into that story you write, and you put a lot into it. You think, uh, think maybe I could read it?" And she like, "No, you wouldn't like it." And that's all the out we as men need. Oh, okay. She said I wouldn't like it, right? So then she's shopping around, shopping around, and now she got someone who a uh, publishing clearing house was like yo we'll 
we would love to publish your book, right? So then she get the acceptance letter. She's like, oh my God, oh my God. He come in the room because he's watching the game. He's like, what? eating a piece of pizza. What, 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 baby, what? She's like, oh my God, they're going to post my book. And you know, man, we give you a half, like that half hug. Mm, I knew you could do it, man. Mm. My baby read at a fourth grade level, fifth grade level. You smart, bro. I always said you smart, girl. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and get finished watching this game because I think the Bulls are going to win. And she's like, yeah, okay, yeah, not a problem, not a problem. Right. So then they have a party, right? The What's the party when, when you're about to get your book published, right? Publishing party. That don't sound like a thing, but, you know. So anyway, they sitting there, and the publishing clearinghouse guy, he holding up a copy of a book. Like, yo, this is going to be a bestseller, this, that, another. The husband ain't even read the the title of the book, right? <laughs> he did at the party. He's like, this is a great party. He over there drinking champagne out the, out the flutes and everything. He over there like, oh, they got the little, them little meatballs I like. I'll be right back, baby. She like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, right. She goes on the book tour, right? He on the bus. He listening to the surround sound. He over here. He ain't paying no attention to what his wife got going on. And then, you know, one of his homies probably called him up. And he was like, hey, what's up? Hey, bro, uh, have you read your wife's book? Nah, man, but, you know, she bought a hot tub. You know, uh, she keep trying to drop a uh, toaster in it. <laughs> the damnedest thing. I love that woman. She is such an airhead. I swear to God. Um, yeah, so but why? Like, bro, you might want to read your book. Yeah, no, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to get in the car, but, you know, my brakes keep getting cut on my car, man. I don't know what's going on. We must have squirrels. Mm, okay. And you're like, no, bro, you ready to read the book? Okay, I will. I will. And, you know, I think, you know, he never paid no attention. I'm not making her the victim. I'm just saying. So just sometimes, fellas, just, you know, check your surroundings, you know? Like, you got to know, right? Okay, let's see. Let's see if I can find an article. How to murder, (laughs) murder your, jeez, okay. I typed into Google. It said, how to murder your wife. That was the first thing that came up. It said, at first I typed in how to murder. It said, how to murder your wife. How to murder and get away with it. How to murder your brother. Mm-mm. Not on this podcast. No. How to murder your husband. Writer. Right, some straightening going on around here. Okay. Okay, right there. How to murder your husband. Write a sentence for murdering husband. Okay, let's see. Oh, you know what? She kind of looks like a Paula Dean, but if Paula Dean was kind of like melting, like a stick of butter or something. She, but she got the look of a killer, though. Like, hey, I've met a couple killers. She got the this pan face. It's like somebody took a, like a Mrs. Butterworth bottle and kind of melted it a little bit. You put it in the microwave for 30 seconds, you know, syrup gets super hot. Yeah, she got fluffy white hair and everything. Okay. Murder, comma, she wrote. <laughs> and for murder, comma, she is going to jail. That's that's good wordplay right there. An Oregon judge would, has sentenced, uh, let's say her name, Nancy Crampton Brophy, a romance author who apparently foretold of her crime in an essay titled How to Murder Your Husband to life in prison for the shooting death of her late spouse. Jesus. 
Like, she ain't even trying to, like, cover it up. She ain't poisonous cookies or something. She's like, <laughs> where's the tool? Like, she just put the work in, huh? Jesus. All right. Romance author. Crampton Brophy, 71, was found guilty of second-degree murder last month. She pulled a uh, O.J. Simpson. Like, I didn't do it. <laughs> but if I did it, this is how I would do it. She should have did the crime first and then wrote the book because that's premeditated all day and she's 71 so and I, I, most women I like to think are long suffering so how long does she want to kill him 71 so let's see if she's 71 we're in 2000 so let's say she's born 1940 right so let's see let's just say they was married let's just say 1960 she was oldest so she went through bell bottoms she went through disco she went through breakdance and all these like cultural things. She saw Michael Jackson uh, as well, all the way out of his life, out of his life, and she just had this. She was like, I can't stand, I can't stand the way he chew. I can't stand the way he when he gets sleepy, he don't snore. His nose kind of make that whistle sound. Like she, okay, hold on, let's see. A jury found that she shot her husband of 26 years. Oh, okay, so they got married like in the late 1990s. What was going on then? Anyway, <laughs> I thought she was long suffering. <laughs> this woman had dresses older than her marriage, shoes and rompers. All right. Uh, a jury found that she shot her husband 26 years in 2018 for a 1.5 million uh, pound, no, 1.5 million dollar life insurance payout. Jesus, she did it all for the money. Before her crime, Crampton Brophy had been a self-published author who works of steamy romances, suspense included novels such as The Wrong Husband and The Wrong Lover. Jesus! Oh, this dude did not pay no attention to his wife. What you working on, baby? A little story called The Wrong Husband. <laughs> well, I hope uh, I hope I'm the right one. <laughs> oh, you're writing another story. What, what's, what you call this one? The Wrong Lover. <laughs> well, baby, hope I'm the right one. I'm going to bed. I'm making a hot pocket. Her late husband, Daniel Brophy, was a chef and respected teacher at the Oregon Culinary Institute. She must have wanted a bad boy. But at 71... What's a bad boy? A dude's got his own original knees? I mean, what? He's probably a nice guy. He was found shot twice in the kitchen of the Institute in June 2018. His widow was convicted of murder last month. The case attracted much attention for an essay Crampton Brophy had written years before the crime titled How to Murder Your Husband. Quote, the thing I know about murder is that every one of us have it in him, her, when pushed too far, she has said in a now deleted post. Jesus! She asked y'all to stop her. She listed the number of ways to commit matricide, meriticide, from guns and knives to poison and hit men before writing. It is easier to wish people dead than to actually kill them. She added, if the murder is supposed to set them free, I certainly don't want to spend any time in jail. Oh, if the murder is supposed to set me free, I certainly don't want to spend any time in jail. A judge ruled against admitting the essay as evidence at her trial because it is pen 
years earlier as part of a writing seminar. Uh, they successfully argued that Crampton Brophy had the motive and the means to murder her partner, showing the couple had fallen on hard times financially, and she stood to pocket a hefty insurance payout after his death. Crampton Brophy was seen driving to and from the Institute at the time of the crime in surveillance photo footage shown in court. And although police never found the murder weapon, she was shown to have purchased a gun of the same make and model she wanted to get caught. Taking the chance in her own defense, the author claimed she had a, quote, memory hole from the morning of Brophy's death. She could not, however, deny it, it was her driving to the Institute. A jury of 12 found her guilty of second-degree murder after deliberating for less than two days. Her life sentence, handed down on Monday, carried the possibility of parole after 25 years. Her lawyers said they planned to appeal. Ahead of the sentencing, friends and family members of the late chef delivered statements. You opt to lie, cheat, steal, defraud, ultimately kill the man that was your biggest fan, said uh the, the dude's son from a previous marriage. You were to borrow from your catalog the wrong wife. Oh, that's what the son said. Okay, you were, quote, to borrow from your catalog the wrong wife. I don't know, man. You sending shots of her, man, but the way she she tweeting and stuff, she like one of these new rappers. Like she, like she over here telling her what she about to do. Like She like, somebody stop me. I got these thoughts. So, okay, um, let's see. This is running kind of long, and I'm getting a little loopy, so I'm going to, I'm going to call this one, all right? So, um, y'all be sweet. Y'all be kind to each other. Look, just know, situations get better, you know. Situations are real talk. They're all about a matter of perspective, you know. It's good to find something to laugh about, you know. And to find a wife or a husband, that's a good thing, if it's the right one. <laughs> um, but take your time, you know. All right. I love y'all. Y'all be good. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. And I'm telling you right there, man, that, that makes a world of difference. Real talk. All right. Love you. Oh, one thing. One last thing. <laughs> one last thing. Man, dude, I found out that I thought that one of my brother's name was supposed to be Travis Centel. So, you know, me being me, texting my brother, I said, good night, Travis Centel. We had this family group text. So it's my mom and my brothers and stuff. And I was like, good night, Travis Centel. <laughs> And then my mom was like, oh, you remember that? I was like, yeah, that's supposed to be brother number two's name, right? She was like, no, that's supposed to be your name. I was like, oh, wow. Travis and Taylor. That's a brother who was on TV soap opera show. I sent him. He, uh, nah. <laughs> he had a curly white guy, Afro or something. It's the trippiest thing. Anyway, would you love me if my name was Travis and Taylor? All right, fam, I'll talk to you later. Bye.